for you to turn with us to verse number 14. We're going to read a few verses here together. We have here through January with uh, some services canceled and then uh, uh, some of our Wednesday night services were affected. As a result of that, we've had some Wednesday nights where the Lord just showed up here and was moving and powerful altar services and we didn't get to any preaching. Uh, but uh, here tonight, we're going to dive here into the Word of God and uh, going to look here at a brand new sermon series that I believe the Lord has uh, just really laid upon our hearts to deliver and to preach here over the next several Wednesdays. I don't necessarily know of a timeline, or am I going to try to give you a timeline? How about we just preach until the Lord says, that's good, that's done. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll do that. But Ephesians chapter 5, and starting in verse 14, when you come to that place, can we stand together for the reading of God's Word tonight? This particular text, though I'm going to be referencing some other places, this particular text is, is going to be the centerpiece, if you will, of this sermon series. And uh, I believe, of course, all of God's Word is good. All of it is powerful. All of it is pertinent and applicable to our lives. No matter the season, amen, no matter the time, the culture, the day in which we live, how many of you believe His Word is a now word? Amen. How many of you would say, I need your Word, Lord, right now? Praise God. I need it now. And, uh, and so this is where we're going to look at. Ephesians 5 and 14, the Bible says, Wherefore He saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You agree with that tonight? Think we live in an evil day? The days are evil. Redeem the time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise... But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can I just say, I, I, and I, I, I say this in respect to the fact, I believe that you and myself, in our walk with God, that our endeavor is, is to keep ourselves right in line and right in the middle of God's will. However, I can say this for myself, and maybe that is the reason why my heart has been so impressed in regards to this particular series and some things we're going to be preaching about, but I have personally been impressed, I believe probably more than at any other time in my life, the urgency of what it is to be in the will of God. In every aspect, in every place. Brother BJ, we cannot afford to be to the right or to the left. We've got to be right in the will of God. 
And uh, I, I believe with all of my heart, the day is approaching Jesus is closer than we've ever known. The Bible says even at the door. And if there is a time that we as a church, I believe we take a look inward. We let the Word of God and the Holy Ghost examine and convict and get us right in the will of God. And so if I can... In this sermon series, I'm going to be preaching on in this kind of a three-part title, but walking wisdom and the will of God. Walking wisdom and the will of God. Can we pray? Father, we thank you tonight once again for your word. We thank you for each and every heart represented here tonight, those that are joining in. Over the internet, we just pray that each and every heart, each and every ear would be open, Lord, to your voice. Father, it's not that Jacob is to be heard, but Lord, that you are heard. I pray tonight, let our ears be open and our hearts tender and pliable in your hands. And Lord, I believe that you tonight will just begin to deal and direct and guide us. And Father, help us, help us as a church, Lord, that we recognize and realize the importance of the will of God, the importance of a walk with God, the importance of being people of wisdom. And Lord, we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Oh, we find here in this as to where uh, really... And we're going to be referencing several parts here out of this chapter of Ephesians. Uh, however, we find within this uh, particular chapter, there is the uh, admonition uh, for the church, the teaching as to where the importance, amen, of a body of believers, that there is a church, that God's people find themselves in a day and hour in which, uh, uh, of course, uh, we find here in the book of Ephesians where there's talking of the, the uh, darkness of the age. There is the talk of the attitudes and the actions and the practices of those things that go on in darkness the spirit of that age, the Antichrist spirit, we know that we are seeing before us and the attitudes and the thoughts and the processes of the culture in which we live. But there is mandate that is given here in the Word of God for the believers and how that we are to live, how we are to operate, how we are to serve, how we are to align ourselves, amen, with God and His will, amen, in times such as these. And as we look at this tonight, we, I want to, if I may, uh, begin to talk here about uh, this walk, our walk with God, what it is in walking with God, and uh, what that looks like, not only in our relationship with God, but also how that translates to those without how that looks and how that walk with God is interpreted, amen, 
man even in this world amongst a world that is lost. And uh, those that we are around who are unbelievers. And uh, so tonight, uh, just a few of the basics. One of the things that we know and understand, and uh, uh, let me just say this, is, is that, uh, give you this disclaimer, is that there are some of the things that we're going to be preaching and teaching on in regards to this sermon series, that it may not, uh, pastor may not preach necessarily the way that I would normally preach. There's going to be some things that are going to be more along the lines of teaching and instruction. How many of you know we need teaching and instruction? One thing I believe that has been lost, one thing that I believe is necessary is sound biblical teaching, amen, and uh, something that really fortifies and strengthens the heart of believers And as we, as we get into the Word of God. And so there will be some preaching as normally there's preaching and there's going to be times of teaching maybe to where it's uh, 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 on, a, on a different uh, uh, pattern or level or uh, however you might want to describe that but we're going to take a look here at these things and tonight just if I may kind of this introduction in walking with God a walk with God we find here as to that we understand this simple uh, definition that to walk is the act of moving oneself from one place to another in this, we also, uh, to walk, we find in Scripture, it is to speak of our relationship with God as our walk with God. We often reference that, uh, our relationship with God in such a way, and that is to imply that we are moving in and or with and in the direction and destiny that He has as for his children. Amen. I truly believe that today that one of the great challenges for the church is the fact is that we are to be exemplifying a consistent and that is the key word right there. A consistent and Christ centered walk each and every day. We are in desperate need of those who will seek out, amen, to live godly in this generation. Can I say that we don't need more church goers? And what I mean by that is, is we don't just need more bodies that are sitting on pews and we show up and we go through the spiritual calisthenics of uh, the traditions that we have settled into and we find ourselves uh, comfortable with. What do you mean by this, Brother Jacob? Well, it's easy to get into a certain routine. It is easy to get into a certain mindset, even amongst the church. And let me say this, even in a Pentecostal church, and a Pentecostal church uh, uh, being Pentecostal, being people who have a Pentecostal experience, Experience. We understand that there uh, that comes with that there is 
is or should be a spontaneity of the spirit. There should be a liberty in worship. It is not our desire. I trust you know by now. It is not your pastor's intent ever to try to put the spirit of God in a box and say, God, you can only work this way or do things this way. We want the spirit of God to move in all of his liberty. Amen. Because I can assure you of this. When we let God move, we step into a dimension and a place of the miraculous. That is where sinners are saved and those that are bound are set free. Where those that are troubled and conflicted can find rest and peace. Amen. Where people can find their lives dealt with by the Spirit of God and bring themselves to a place of surrender. Bring themselves to a place where there are lives, amen, that are frequently and willingly laying themselves on that altar, saying, Lord, what will you do with me? Amen. Have your will in my life. These are, this is the desire, amen, that we have. This is what we long for, and this is what we are in pursuit after. And in saying that, let me say this is the fact that when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to our walk with God that's why I emphasize we need more than just folks that are showing up to say well I've done my due diligence to mark off the spiritual checklist I showed up pastor aren't you proud I was here all three times this week I was here this time and that time oh pastor aren't you proud I'm faithfully given my tithe and an offering and I give the missions offering and I do this and I do that. Aren't you proud? I'm faithfully at my post and I am fulfilling the role of the title that's been given to me. Aren't you proud? Look, I brought my visitor. Aren't you proud? Look, we sing the songs. Aren't you proud? Listen, can I say we don't need just the average church of churchgoers in and our minds a little bit the salve on the conscience to say well I showed up and I did what I was supposed to do no friends what this pastor's praying for is I want to see not only you but those that would come as to where the power of God and the word of God is at work in such a way that there is a consistent a consistent and real walk with God. Something that takes you beyond these church doors. Something that takes you beyond Victory Temple. Something that takes you beyond the spirit of religion. Something that takes you beyond all oh, the, the look and the pizzazz of what a Christian's supposed to be in this day and this hour. We need men and women who are walking with God. Walking in the will of God. Walking with him in such a way, Brother Josh, it transforms their lives.
lives and you're transforming the lives of your family and you're transforming the lives of the community and you're transforming the lives of those you walk work with because in every facet it is evident I'm just not a church attender but Christ is living in me I abide in him and he abides in me and it shows in every place of our lives we got plenty of social media Christians oh I mean they can quote every scripture and tag every preacher and tag every song and then give them midway through the week and they're cussing out their neighbor come on here they got this problem and that problem. They're posting this and that and every, they hate everybody and all this kind of stuff. We got folks, you understand, some of them you live around, some of them's in your family, some of them. Well, let's just be careful, Naaman's. There's some of them's that you might come in contact with. But you know what it is. You've been around folks that they can say the right things and they can at certain even points in times act a certain way but when the rubber meets the road when it comes to a life of distinction when it comes to a life of separation when it comes to whether we have given brother Pickens ourselves wholly to him or not we've got many when it comes to the walk they're walking the middle of the road they're walking the fence line as the old timers would say they will walk in the direction that is based out of convenience. They will walk in ways that are comfortable. They will walk in some places where there's plenty of wiggle room. Come on, somebody. They will walk in some places as to where the waters are muddied a little bit because then they've got permission to kind of make some decisions on their own and kind of have justifications for things that they know they should not be doing. And can I say this? In the way that we walk, in the way that we live in our walk with God, and we talk about destiny and destination, I want to remind you, first of all, is that when it comes, this is a walk of distinction. Jesus had said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Then a world, Brother Craig, that is looking for all kinds of room, all kinds of loopholes, all kinds of ways to get out of the contract, all kinds of ways to find a place of escape. What we need, Tobin, is men that have a walk with God that say, I'm not looking for plan B. I'm not looking for a way out. Lord, let me line up with your word. It's straight. It's narrow. Oh, I know at times it's tight, and it don't always feel good to to the flesh but I'm telling you church this is a walk of distinction in a world running in a broad path we need some folks that are staying in a place oh can I say don't you abandon that old path don't you go into the fields of the fatherless but God let us walk in the way in which you would delight for us to walk in oh Understand it's a walk of distinction that we carry ourselves and we're living in such a way. You see, to walk with God, it entails communion with God. It speaks of relationship with God. You go back to Genesis, we come to find what happened in the cool of the day. 
God came and walked with Adam in the cool of the day. This, Brother Caleb, signifies relationship. And as a matter of fact, the only time that Adam did not show up for that walk is when sin entered the picture. God showed up at his meeting time. God showed up, and Sister Laura, the question was, and we, I, you, Pastor always interjects this, but when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He knew exactly where Adam was. But he said, Adam, where art thou? Where are you at? Amen. I want you to understand that we have gotten to a place in this modern day society, in our culture, as to where so much is readily accepted. I will say this, is that the Bible depicts to us that the relationship with God, the connection with God, the intimacy with God, it is severed when sin enters the picture. It is severed when our agenda enters in when we are swayed by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life understand, he said Adam where are you at? I'm here to walk with you, I'm here to commune with you and can I ask church, where are we at? I believe God is still standing and looking for some people and he would say would you come? Would you walk with me? I want to commune with you, I want to talk with you. I want to reveal my secrets to you. I want to give my power to you. But I need you in a place where you are ready to align yourself to walk with me. Walking, speaking of that relationship, that intimacy, oh, that communion with God. Can we realistically say before God that we have a walk with him when we are away from him more than we are with him? Can we say that we have a walk with God when there is more distance between us and we don't want to deal with the stuff between us and him to get closer to him? Preach on, Brother Jake. Okay, I will. Sometimes in preaching, God, you like David, just encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. I'll amen myself tonight if I've got to. There's too much distance. You see, in order to find ourselves in the direction and in the place where God is going to be in his will, to go and to be in that place of destined that he has for us. Everybody here, we can all understand and raise our hands and testify and say, yes, we know we want to make heaven our home. But friends, I'm going to tell you, and I've said it many times before. You will not make it to heaven on accident. You are not going to wander your way in. You're not going to trip your way in. You're not going to stumble your way in. As we walk with direct distinction, understand we've got to get back to walking with direction. To him that knows to do good and does it not. To him it is a sin. Can I say... In this house, hear me, Victory Temple. Some of you, oh, and I, I know that finger's hitting that back corner. But I've got, I, I'm getting some stares from the Turnage clan. They say, why he keep pointing at us? Maybe the Spirit of God's just directing the, 
but listen to me. I can pick on them because their family uh, 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 and they, their, their family's been a part. And many of you have been a part of this church for a long time. But let me say this. There ain't a one who is in here. Some of you sat under Clendenin. Some of you sitting for years under Brother Turnage. One thing that you cannot deny. That, that listen, there might have been some things or some situations or whatever that you maybe didn't like or whatever the case might be through the years. And there's going to be plenty of times you're not going to like certain things Brother Jake does through the years. But I'll tell you this. There has been a commitment to truth. There has been a commitment to the way that is right. And I will say this. Whether for Clinton and Turnage or myself, you will not be able to stand before God and say, I never knew the way. I never knew the path. I never knew the truth. As a matter of fact, let me just say this. Whether you like it or not, you are held to a higher standard because you know what is right. You know what is the truth. So let's quit playing games and acting like we forgot what the truth was. Let's quit playing games and quit acting like we forgot what the Word of God said. Let's quit acting like we're smarter than our predecessors. We need to get back to the Word of God and walk in the direction of truth. Well, preacher, all that higher standard stuff, that's for preachers. It's for those that know the truth. You stand before God and he opens that book. We are being judged by that book. There ain't no hint. Brother Larson, we don't stand before God and he'll say, surprise. Got a secret book here you didn't know about. I'm going to get you. Uh-uh. We've got the book. We know we're blessed. If you're like pastor, I've got about 16 Bibles. Come on here. Sister Carmen, i got no reasons to go stand for God. I didn't know. Uh-uh. Let me remind you, heaven is a prepared place. I'll keep saying it till everybody grabs a hold of it. It's a prepared place for a prepared people. Walking in distinction. Walking in the direction of God's word. Aligning ourselves with his word. With his truth. With what he has said. I mentioned it Sunday and I'm going to mention it again. I like what Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the servants at the wedding of Canaan. She said before he was going to take place of his first miracle, turning the water into wine. She said, whatever he says, do it. Amen. Isn't it amazing we've gotten to the point in the place. You've got preachers that will stand and they will dissect the word of God to present something palatable to the people to make them accept it. And goblin and say, oh, that's good. They don't want to upset the fruit basket. They want to keep the money coming. They want to keep looking around at the faces in the crowd. I'm going to say this. With my desire stirred more than ever to be in the will of God, 
my desire means that I have to align myself with truth to be in God's will. And friends, I want to tell you, truth may not pack them in the house. Truth may not have us the money that some churches have. But bless God, truth will set you free. Truth will keep you out of hell. Truth will keep your family saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Truth. We need it. We've got to walk in it. Understand, I want to warn you that there are some places and some contexts that we will be preaching about that may not necessarily be easy. It may not necessarily be what we all want to hear or what the flesh would indulge in. Because we find that there is, there is a contradiction between flesh and spirit. We find that there is a wrestling match. There is a fighting. There is a lust between the two. The spirit we find is willing. But the flesh is weak. And so can I say this in our endeavor to walk in truth with distinction and with direction. We have to walk in the disciplines of God's word. Distinction, direction, and disciplines of God's word. Whom the Lord loveth, he chastises. Someone once said, punishment's what you do to someone, but discipline is what you do for someone. And I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. Amen. And can I say that maybe even tonight, some of the places of distinction and direction that God is having you to walk in, it may not feel comfortable, it may not feel good, it might make you unpopular, it might cause you to where you have to give up and bury your bitterness under the blood. It might have to be that it calls into question Hear me, I'm telling you, there's some things we're going to preach on that are not going to be comfortable. But there are some things that may be in a particular direction that maybe you as an individual or maybe your family, you have found yourself in the pattern. You have found yourself. You know what happens when, a, when tires get out of alignment? Right? They will tell you, somebody who's a tire expert, you can go in and they can look at a tire. They can place their hand over that tire and they can tell you if something's been running to the left or to the right. And what happens is, is oftentimes, normally until it gets so bad that it's a distraction or so bad that it's causing such wear on other parts of the vehicle or possibly gets us in an accident, we oftentimes will wait until the very end until we come to a place to get realigned once again. And what happens is, is we get veering and it starts out in just incremental degrees. It starts out with just little bits until there are bald spots and wore out spots in our lives and can I say is that there are some things that in incremental degrees we might not we could take our hands off the wheel right now and we don't necessarily feel the pull to the right or the left right away but there's some wear going on there's some things that's why the word of God reminded us the small foxes spoil the vine we've got to be people that in our walk we're paying attention 
attention to the details. And there are some things that might be going on in your family, in my family, in your life, and in my life that we had better get it under the blood. We had better repent of it. We had better make it right and get ourselves aligned. Hear what I'm saying. I have seen more young adults who would put themselves on a crash course to hell because they want to be loved by somebody of the opposite sex. They think their world's falling apart if they ain't got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I have seen more justifications made over illegitimate relationships, over things that are not in alignment. Hear what I'm saying tonight. We've got young adults in this house right now. Brother Chad, Sister Kara, Brother Andy. We got Brother Preston. We got some others that God help us when they get to the dating age. Come on here. But I want you to hear your pastor. Don't you for one moment compromise your walk with God for some handsome fella or for some beautiful girl because there have been a many who would compromise a standard of righteousness that would compromise a walk with God. Hear me. You ought to walk with God in such a way that when you look up, you've been following God so long that you look up and sister Karen that the man God would have that the people God wants in your life they will be right where God wants them to be and there's it's not just relationships there's money there's pride there's ego there's prejudice there's politics the list can go on and on you'd better be sure it lines up with the word of God because otherwise because otherwise it's going to destroy you it's going to destroy you well brother Jake we loved you until you got to meddling I love you enough to tell you the truth I've seen a lot of casualties along the way they said, well, I was just trying to pursue this. I was just trying to do this. I was just trying to listen. The discipline of God's word. Let the Holy Ghost convict and draw. Let him take the sword, the word of God, and let it to the psalmist use the statement, scrape the walls of my heart with your word. Clean it out. Cut it out. Jesus said, I'd rather you, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. He said, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. He said, I'd rather you go into heaven maimed than to lose your whole body in hell. Come on here. Some would say that's extreme and surely God don't mean for us to do that. The principle is there though. We need to get back to some real amputation. We need to get some things cut away out of our lives because we are wanting to walk in the discipline of his word. To know that we are in right standing with God. Brother Danny, if you'd come. I've got a book full of notes and I could preach five hours tonight, but I'm not going to. i got to save some. But I'm just going to challenge you with this tonight, friends. We need to look and realign and recalibrate and say, where is my walk with God? Tonight where you stand, do you hear the echoes of a Savior who was once close by? 
as he asked, where are you? Where are you at? I've been looking for you. You see, the truth is, is that when there's distance between us and the Savior, it's not Brother Eli because he moved away from us. He is where he has always been. God in the garden was where he was always was. It was Adam who moved. It was Adam who moved. When we look at this, friends, we have to understand. We have to walk with distinction. When I mean walk with distinction, walk in such a way that first, let me, let me emphasize this. First, walk in such a way that your children and grandchildren know you're walking for God. Let me tell you something. A child can spot a hypocrite a mile away. And if you're pretending here and doing something else out there, those kids will tell on you in a New York minute. Listen, I'm involved in education. Brother Andy, I'm sure, could tell you some stories too. I got kids from quote-unquote Christian homes, and Brother Pickens, they can tell you stuff all day long. Our teachers got to be careful if they got prayer request time going on. Little Johnny raises, woo, we've heard some doozies. We had to say, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll pray. We'll pray for mom and daddy. Oh, yeah. We heard how uncle so-and-so did such and such. He's in the jailhouse. And the... Those kids know. But I'm going to tell you something. First, first, that walk of distinction should be touching every place of your house. And your household. There shouldn't be that double standard. There shouldn't be. There needs to be that distinction. Because you will not impact a world. If you cannot impact your home. Hear me. You can't. Direction again. Lining ourselves. What is the direction? I know what the world says I can do. But God what do you say? I know what the co-workers said that, that, that I could do. But what do you say? I know what my lukewarm Christian friends say I can do. But what do you say? I know what my anger says I can do. I know what my bitterness says I can do. I know what my unforgiveness says I can do. But God, what do you say? Whatever he says, do it. Discipline. God how long has it been? I just want to ask this and I'm going to close. How long has it been that in your prayer life you didn't ask God for stuff and you started asking God to correct you? How long has it been that you quit praying for the money, the raise, the promotion and buying junk that ain't going to mean nothing you're going to forget about it in six months. It's going to wind up in a, for a dollar in a garage sale. Ain't going to mean anything, but you will spend all this time praying for this. God, we need this. I need more position. I need more power. I need this. I need that. How long has it been since we said, God, correct me? Put your finger on the things in my life that are displeasing to you. Well, I, 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 why do we hesitate? 
Because we know, all of us know, from the preacher to the back pew, we know. We got some stuff. We got some things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our neighbor has their splinter, but you got telephone poles sticking out of your eye. Come on here. Well, but God, I don't want to deal with that. I want to pick on that. I want to pick on that. So I want to ask you tonight, how long has it been? Maybe, what do you think would happen in heaven if tonight's altar call was not based upon people praying for things, but if tonight in these altars we said, God, put your finger on our heart. Convict me once again. Deal with me once again. David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Deal with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray that we in this body, that we grab a hold of what you're trying to say. That we really take to heart what it is. God, that you would deal with us. God, that you would, you would confront us in our comfortable places. That you would convict us where we are wrong. Your word declared, deal bountifully. Deal with me in abundance. Deal with me, Lord, liberally. Deal with me. Have your way. Convict me. Draw me. Woo me. What do you see when you see me, Lord? Father, we are in need of people with a walk of distinction. A walk in the direction of your word, a walk in the disciplines. Lord, as you draw and deal and correct, I pray challenge us and shape us tonight. Help us. Lord, I pray tonight that in this house there would be a surrender, our hearts laid open, that we are not willing to trade our walk with you for anything. No relationships, no money, no prestige, no power, no positions. Not the rudiments of this world, but Lord, Help us that we find ourselves in alignment with you. Realign us and calibrate us, challenge us tonight. Church, this altar call is very simple. Very simple. Tonight, if it's your heart's desire to say, I want a closer walk. I want to be sure I'm walking in distinction. I'm walking in direction. I'm walking in the disciplines of the Word of God. Tonight, maybe the Holy Ghost has revealed some places that right here from the start that God would want to deal. Right here from the start where He would want to take the tool of His Word and begin the intricate surgeries in our lives and cut some places out of us. But tonight, God wants your consent. God is asking your consent before such a procedure can take place that we recognize we need the sin gone. We recognize we need the excuses hushed. We recognize the justifications will no longer do. But I need you, Lord. I need you in your fullness. If that's our hearts tonight, why don't we come? Find ourselves a place in these altars, not for show, not for an appearance, but God, that you draw us to a place Draw us to a place, oh God, 
Deal with your servant again. Convict me again. Woo me again. Truth. The truth will set us free. We don't got to be bound. We don't got to pretend. We ain't got to put on. The truth will set us free. Oh, help us tonight.